Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast. In this episode, Maggie and I will be talking about how to make the most of Sagittarius season. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft. On this podcast, we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. We're We're your hosts, hosts, the Mystic Mystic Sisters, Sisters, Erica and Maggie. In this segment of the show, we choose a tarot card for the week, and we look for moments that relate to this card in our daily lives. So for this episode, we chose the Knight of Wands, and the theme of this card is devoted action. So the knights are very committed to their mission, and their mission is related to the suit that they belong to. So the Knight of Wands is about showing progress and dedication to taking action. And if you look at the picture, both the knight and his horse are ready to leap into action at a moment's, moment's notice. So this is a person who is very spontaneous, energetic, and enthusiastic. So Erica, do you know anybody in your life that is like the Knight of Wands, or or do you see this in yourself sometimes? I don't want to say it's me because I feel like I say it's me a lot with these court cards. Well, we all have all of the court cards in us. There's just some that we exhibit more strongly. So I can see you can say that it's you. <laughs> it, okay, then I'm going to say that the Knight is, of Wands is me. I've been told often that I have an energy and an air about me that is very enthusiastic and like get up and go and let's try these new things. And you see things about introvert versus extrovert where it's like everybody, every introvert needs their emotional support extrovert to make them go do things. And I'm definitely the emotional support extrovert in my family. <laughs> where I'm like, come on, let's go shopping or let's go do this fun thing or let's decorate for Halloween or any of those things that wouldn't necessarily get done, especially with the going out piece, just because sometimes it's easier to not do those things. Yeah, I think it's me. Lovely. (laughs) You are very enthusiastic and like optimistic about most things. Like if, if there's an idea, you're like, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is this actually reminds me of Dana as well cuz he in in for him it's a little bit different. He's very enthusiastic about things. Dana my husband for our listeners who don't know me. <laughs> um <laughs> so he's very enthusiastic about things and he's also just always doing new things. So he's always jumping from one project to the next, one hobby to the next and he goes all in when he decides to do something new. So when he learned to play bike polo, that was like, it became his personality was bike polo. And when he decided to learn woodworking, we bought all of the wood tools, all the saws and tools that you need to make anything that you would want to make. (laughs) So he just, he finds something that he wants to do and then he goes all in on it. And sometimes he doesn't continue doing those hobbies. There are certain hobbies that he's left behind him that he's decided not to do anymore. Um, and, and that's okay too. He's, you know, invested his time and interest into it and then moved on to the next thing. And then there's certain things like bike polo that stick. <laughs> yeah. And I, I see that a lot with me as well. You know, there's this idea that 
like, here I go again to spend $500 on a hobby that's going to last me a month. <laughs> and, but it's like, I got, I got to get all the tools. I got to get all the things so that I can do it right from the start. Yeah. I think about it with dad too. I feel like he's, he's does that with hobbies of, you know, trying something new. He tried, he did the dulcimer building and now he does more of like the ukulele builds and he did the beer brewing and he, you know, he's got all those hobbies, goes mm-hmm. all in and then moves on to the next one. I, yep. And that's a, that's actually a very Sagittarius thing, but it makes sense. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. So let's move on to our next topic, which is about making the most of Sagittarius season as we move into this time of the year. So Each year, the zodiac seasons are determined by the position of the earth in relation to the sun, and Sagittarius is always the zodiac sign that occurs right before Yule, so it will end on Yule, or the winter solstice, and so this system of establishing these zodiac seasons is the uh, um, tropical astrology system, and so it's it's not when the sun is in the constellation of Sagittarius. It's when the piece of the sky that has been assigned to Sagittarius right before Yule, when the sun is traveling through that section of the sky. So with this tropical system, there's the equinoxes and the solstices that are determined because of when the longest day of the year is, the shortest day of the year, and then the two days that are equal in night, equal night and day. And so that creates this quadrant of sky sections. And then those four sections are divided into three additional sections for a total of 12. And so the sun is, and all the planets actually will travel through these different segments of sky. And when the sun is in a specific segment, that's how we know which one is the zodiac season. Well done. (laughs) The science is important. I I think that it's, it's appreciated. So yeah, I think it's important, Um. especially because there are people who will look at the constellations and be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Sagittarius isn't there. Like I was just talking with Kim the other day about this because, so we were talking about the Enneagram and how it can change, your personality can change over time. And so therefore your Enneagram number can change. And she has a hard time with the Zodiac that it's always fixed. And that at her moment of birth, her personality was predetermined. And I get that. I can, I can understand that. The thing about the natal chart too, is that it's not fixed. It's a snapshot of that moment in time. And yes, it gives us clues about certain things and certain uh, traits that we might exhibit, but we're always growing and changing using that snapshot to help us, you know, to help us make choices. And so there's also a snapshot of right now while we're recording this, you know, there's a different, there's a, the transits of those planets and where they are in relation to where they were when you were born and what, what changes that created in us from the moment we were born to like right now when I'm 31 and a half. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. And so whenever I'm thinking about like the, the whole season of November 21st to December 21st, these qualities overall that we talk about that can that we can talk about during the Sagittarius season are exponentially increased in a person who's born during that time. Mm-hmm. We all can do these things during Sagittarius season, but these are things that are strengths and weaknesses for a Sagittarius person 
throughout their whole life. And it's like you said, it's amplified right now for them because of it being Sagittarius season. Anyway, (laughs) we'll move on. Overall, the Sagittarius energy is restless and is always looking to explore and expand its horizon, both through travel and education. It has vision and seeks out new horizons. Whatever life throws at Sagittarius, it goes around with a bold and optimistic attitude. This sign is characterized by the idea that life is a trip full of adventure. It is a positive and enthusiastic sign full of generous, tolerant, and joyful energy. And I don't know about you, but that's our dad in a nutshell. Yeah, he's such a Sagittarius. <laughs> it's also it's also my husband. He's yeah. a double Sagittarius. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so now that you know what you can expect from the energy of Sagittarius season, here are five things that you can do to make the most of this energy. The first thing that you can do is to set yourself free through traveling. And we are in a time of the world or a time of time, a time, what? (laughs) During the time that we're recording this podcast, traveling is somewhat limited uh, because of global pandemic situations. And it's good to, you know, limit how much we're exposing other people to this virus. So traveling doesn't always have to be about physically traveling to different places. While that is included with the Sagittarius domain, it's inside of that Sagittarius domain, it's it's also about traveling to other lands in your mind, exploring different places and different ideas and philosophies. So basically, Sagittarius energy is about seeking wisdom from different places and different sources and traveling the world, hunting for new experiences, philosophies of life, and generally learning everything that you can. And so, like I said, that can be done through going places, but it can also be done through reading about things, reading fiction or nonfiction, or watching YouTube videos that are made by a person who is different from you, um, learning in some new way. I particularly like the fiction books that are sort of set in our reality, in our universe, but it's just changed slightly. So we see this a lot in science fiction, where just something, something has changed. And Harry Potter is honestly one of the best examples of that, because it's set in modern London, but there's this added veil of the wizarding world. I'm actually reading a book right now. It's called The Once and Future Witches by Alex E. Harrow. And I'm only like maybe a hundred pages in right now. It's a big book. So it's just getting started, but it's set in suffragette, I think Chicago, but that might be wrong. One of the big cities in the turn of the century, but it's got this added level of magic is real and was real, but had to be hidden and taken away, but that it was passed on through hedge witches and folklore. But there's this level of it's, it's real. It's there. It's, well, that sounds still, interesting. it's part of the culture. It's really cool. And so um, the reason I bring this up is because this is a way to read kind of books like that is you can travel to these different places and you can ask these questions of what if this piece was changed or what if this physics was different and like all of these what if questions to kind of expand your mind and travel to a new idea. I love that because in whether you're traveling 
to a physical place or traveling in your mind through imagining in a book. It's just this opportunity to think about things in a different way. Like when you're in a fiction book, you're putting yourself in the head of somebody else and trying to experience the world through their eyes. And if you're traveling to a place, you're putting yourself into a different culture and experiencing a diff- something that's different from what you're used to and putting yourself in somebody else's shoes in that way. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, opening your mind, changing your routine a little bit. And, and I think too, with you know social media, the way that is, it is now, it's so much easier to travel to a different world. You know, if we think about Standing Rock or the Black Lives Matter riots in Minneapolis and all these things where we were able to be there with the protesters that we didn't have 15 years ago. And we can be in their shoes and we can see what's happening and we can travel there in our minds and understand and see these different viewpoints that we never had the ability to do before. Yeah. And these different perspectives because Mm -hmm. of social media, you're not exposed to people who are outside of like your local area, maybe 20 years ago, but now you can follow somebody and see the world through their eyes, through their social media. Some other small ways that you can travel, you know, through, we talked about reading fiction books, following different people on social media, but just changing up your routine in some way, like going to work a different way than you normally do or trying a new brand of shampoo or toothpaste or something and really shaking things up in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Instead of going to your usual coffee shop, try a different local coffee shop to see what they have going on. So just changing your routine and that gives you, again, it's a new perspective, a new, it, it gets you out of like the monotony of a normal day because you're doing something different. So Mm -hmm. before we share the other four ways to celebrate Sagittarius season, let's talk about the herb of the week. This episode is brought to you by Sage. I'll start by telling you about the medicinal properties and then you can share the magical properties, Maggie. So for this segment, we are talking about culinary sage or regular sage, which is salvia officinalis and not the white sage, which is salvia appiana. And Maggie will talk a little bit about why we are making this distinction during her magical properties segment. Sage is a very, very well-known herb for its phenomenal healing properties and preventing disease. It is just one of those herbs that you should just always have around. It is one of the top antioxidant herbs and it provides protection from a lot of different diseases. And before I list them, I do want to caution that sage is not a cure for these diseases, but it can help mitigate some of the symptoms. So it's good for things such as diabetes, arthritis, cancer, heart disease, macular degeneration, inflammatory bowel disease, osteoporosis, prostate-itis, Parkinson's disease, and Alzheimer's disease. So again, it can help with the symptoms of this. It can help protect and prevent the onset of some of these things. It will not make them go away. And you should always consult with your doctor before taking any sort of herb. But 
sage has antimicrobial and antibacterial properties, and it's a natural remedy for any kind of fungal, viral, or bacterial infections. Sage is also one of those herbs that is good for culinary practices. Most often we talk about the leaves of sage, but the flowers are also good in things like salads or to infuse in some sort of balsamic vinegar or tea. You can use them. Sage is great for any sort of poultry dish or even a fatty meat such as pork. Awesome in butter and cheeses and mixed in with vinegar. So because of some of the properties within sage, what its its constituents, it goes really, really well with foods that are rich in oils and fats. It binds with those fatty molecules really well, which is why a sage flavor is so enhanced in those types of oils and butters and fatty meats. It's that chemistry piece that's so much fun for why sage is so good with these things. Sage pairs well in, it can be both sweet and savory, which is nice. It's like a cinnamon almost. Like you can have cinnamon chicken, which is going to be more savory, or you can have a cinnamon roll, which is very, very sweet. Sage has the same sort of sorts of properties will go well in like marinades um, or like jams, things like that, that are a little bit, you, you might want to like a, like an orange marmalade would be really good with some sage that kind of has a tanginess to it already that sage will pull that out. Before I talk about the magical uses of sage, I just wanted to mention that Erica and I are talking about culinary sage or basically any kind of sage except for white sage. So you can use, pretty much for magical purposes, sage can be used universally. Like all the different kinds of sages can be used in basically the same way. But the reason that we are exempting white sage is because it is a very sacred plant. The salvia apiana is native to Southwest America and uh, Northwest Mexico. And so the tribes that live in this area such as the Lakota, the Comanche, the Cheyenne, the Arapaho, and the Navajo, consider this plant to be very sacred. And due to over-harvesting and um, higher demand from non-native users, the plant is becoming endangered and in some places is actually threatened and endangered. So we specifically don't, it's very easy to use all of these other varieties of sage. So there's no reason for us to use, and when I say us, I mean Erica and I, um, to use this plant. And, you know, you can make up your own mind about whether you want to uh, respect the sacredness of these specific tribes and continue to use white sage, or if you just want to replace it with these other version, these other sages that can be used in very similar ways. So with all of that said, sage corresponds with active and passive energy both. So it can be used for both purposes. It's an ambivert if you're thinking about it in terms of extrovert and introvert. <laughs> so it's both active and passive. And it corresponds with Jupiter and Saturn, as well as the, all. It's like I said, it's very versatile. It also corresponds with air, earth, and fire, and water, so all four elements, (laughs) and the zodiac signs of Taurus, Sagittarius, 
Capricorn, and Aquarius. The reason we chose Sagittarius for, or Sage for this week's episode is because of that name correspondence with Sage and Sagittarius. And Sagittarius and Sage, the root of that word is about wisdom. And so that's one of the main uses for Sage is for mental clarity, for bringing about, bringing more wisdom into your life and for, um, you know, calming your brain, getting away from like the monkey chatter and all the thoughts that are kind of yelling at you (laughs) and just like focusing on one thing in particular. And so you can use, one way to use Sage is to grow Sage in a small pot and place it on your altar. And that can bring about mental clarity and wisdom. Or if you don't want to grow sage, you can also sprinkle the dried leaves on your altar uh, for the same purpose. Now, one of the main reasons that people tend to use sage is for purification. And so that's where you see practices like smudging, which is a very specific ritual or ceremony done by those tribes that I mentioned before using white sage. What most witches and most spiritual people are doing is more akin to something called smoke cleansing, where you're using smoke to cleanse a space. And sage is a very popular herb for that. There are tons of herbs that you like, you can use basically any herb for smoke cleansing, but sage is one of them. And in particular, sage is a really gentle purifying herb. So when you burn it, it's not getting, it's not like banishing malicious spirits and things like that. It's more trying to gently remove things from your space. Uh, particularly like grief. So it's very common to be used at funeral rituals and memorials because it can help to cleanse that space and to help relieve those feelings of grief. If you don't like smoke, if you don't, if you have like a sensitivity to smoke, you can also boil sage in a pot of water for the same purpose for cleansing and purifying. Another use for sage is for prosperity. So you can add sage leaves to a charm bag for prosperity. You can scatter the leaves of a sage plant around the entrances to your home. And this is this would be an act of blessing and sanctifying your space. And you can use sage for grounding yourself, grounding your emotions and enhancing your spiritual expressions. So using it in like a candle spell or something like that to ground your emotions. Another use for sage is for breaking unhealthy cycles or ending unhealthy habits. So it could be used as part of a cord cutting ritual or something like that. And then additionally, similar to the purification uses, sage can help to protect you while you sleep and to protect you from nightmares. So adding it to a dream pillow or something like that can be a good use for it. So let's get back to our Sagittarius season. And the second way that you can celebrate this season is to learn something new. Sagittarius is represented by the centaur, a creature that is horse on the lower half and human on the upper half. The centaur stands with four hooves firmly on the ground, and this represents being practical with a firm grasp on reality. The human half points an arrow toward the heavens, representing a pursuit of knowledge, especially philosophical and spiritual ideas. So the more that you learn, the more opportunities you have to sharpen your mental arrows by studying a subject that you've been wanting to learn about or deepening your understanding of a topic you already know. And Maggie and I have talked at length about lifelong learning and always wanting to expand our 
horizons and learn more about things. And Maggie's been studying tarot for years and is always learning new things about it. I've been learning about herbalism. I've been learning about not magic and my crochet and cross stitch that I do. There's always something new to learn. There's always more ways to expand your mind. Yeah, I think it's really limiting yourself to think about things in terms of like, there's a point of mastery. Like you may become a master of something, but even as a master or, you know, somebody who has really mastered something, there's still more to learn. And by saying, you know, this is the end of the learning, that's a limit that you place on yourself, but there's always deeper you can go. You know, and the, and so that's talking about the things that you already know, but then there's always, you know, we talked earlier about Maggie's husband and how he is always picking up new hobbies. And that's, that's another way to honor and rep and to and to be part of the Sagittarius season. That's what Sagittarius is all about is that, you know, I, I've been crocheting for years, but over the quarantine, I picked up miniatures and I was not good at it. And, you know, I made mistakes and there's some ugly bits on my first couple projects. And so the difference between the, those crafts of my crochet blankets versus this new miniature hobby I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning how to do this new thing. And I'm always going to be picking up new hobbies. And I'm always going to be wanting to take on a new task and a new subject to learn from and learn about. And I think the important thing to recognize about this too, is that piece of the centaur with the hooves on the ground, and still pointing up to the heavens, looking for new opportunities, is that they're grounded in reality. So we've kind of been talking about like, you know, practical, like mundane things like crocheting or, you know, I guess learning the tarot isn't necessarily mundane. Um, But when you're exploring things that aren't established in scientific theory, then it's easy to kind of go off the deep end. And so the centaur is encouraging us to, yes, explore different theories that are, you know, maybe require a really open mind, but to make sure that you still have those four hooves planted on the earth, very much grounded in reality. I was listening to a podcast called Mystery Team Inc. They're fun. And they were the the episode that I'm on and I'm like a year behind where they are currently was about talking about time travel. What was fascinating about it is that these physicists basically took the ideas of science fiction and Star Trek, you know, being one of the best known science fiction to explore like the idea of time travel. These physicists took the idea, okay, like warp drive, what would warp look like? And they applied math to it to show that it actually works. So it's just, it was like kind of a backwards way of figuring out, but like there's this idea like time travel actually is possible on a very minuscule level. And these physicists, like, they're like, that's an interesting idea. I want to learn more. And there's no, there was no scientific ideas to start off with. It was very much an imagining of some of an idea. Gene Roddenberry just said, I'm going to talk about time travel and this scientist is like, cool, let's figure out if it actually works. So I, th- I, I feel like that's a really good example of like, there was nothing to support this scientific idea, 
but the physicist rooted his four hooves into the ground and said, we have physics, this is real. But then he shot his bow quite literally into the sky because <laughs> we're talking about faster than light speed and said, what if? So it, I, think, I think that that's a cool idea to explore. Yeah, yeah. And we always, you and I have talked, I think we've talked about it on the podcast about how we, we believe in science and we trust science. Like that's a very important piece of how we practice witchcraft. And part of science is asking questions. What if? And then finding a way to explore that. Mm-hmm. And if we only look at science as the things that we've already discovered, like gravity and, you know, thermodynamics and static engineering, I don't know, <laughs> like if we only <laughs> think about it in terms of things that we already know, then there's no more questions. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we keep our scientific, those things that are established as our base, but also be willing to ask those questions and see what we can discover next and what we can learn about ourselves and what we can learn about the world we live in and all of these different things. And so that's why I love Sagittarius. It's my favorite (laughs) season. (laughs) So the next thing that we can do during Sagittarius season is to dig into the deeper meaning of life. And so we've kind of talked about that throughout this episode. But if we look at the Sagittarius archetype, it encompasses the earthbound adventurer, the person who is seeking spirituality and new ideas. And Sagittarius is a fire sign. We don't always talk about the elements and the qualities of these signs, but I like to think about the three fire signs as different stages of a fire. And so with Aries, there's the spark, the initiation of the fire. And then Leo is like the bonfire of like a raging fire. And then Sagittarius is more like the coals where it's still maintaining everything that it's learned. It's enlightened and um, still kind of smoldering with the wisdom that it's collected along the way. So this is a really good opportunity to seek out answers and to figure out what you believe in and what your spiritual beliefs are and how you view the universe. Sagittarius is is like the crone. You know, there's there's the maiden, the mother, and the crone. And the, the crone has learned and has been through life and has under understands the world, but is still questioning and has this mysterious quality to her. And you know, you know that there's something burning underneath her gray hair and wrinkles. So I, I think that that Sagittarius as the crone is also a good metaphor. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, and actually sage is one of the plants that is most associated with the crone. So tying it all together. but with the crone it's like somebody who is really comfortable with who they are because they've gone through so much throughout their life and so they are just really they've learned so much but that doesn't mean that they are done learning or done growing right because they have so much wisdom they know that there's more to know right they're digging deeper The fourth way that you can celebrate Sagittarius season is to express gratitude and be joyful. The ruling planet of Sagittarius is Jupiter, and so it makes sense that this is a good time to express gratitude and be joyful. 
because Jupiter is the planet of good luck, optimism, success, and generosity. It brings joy to life. So think about expansiveness and abundance and expression of generosity towards others. And right now, because I've got Thanksgiving on the brain, I just went grocery shopping for everything. Like I, it's so, it's almost appropriate that Thanksgiving is where it is because of this idea of gratitude and joyfully experiencing the, the abundance of your harvest and eating with family and friends and being generous and being joyful. So I think, yeah. And I also think about it with that, this whole season, like leading up to if you celebrate Christmas, it just seems like people have so much more like goodwill and just like it is the season to be jolly, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're leading, we're coming, you know, Sagittarius ends on Yule, which is similar traditions to Christmas, different meanings, but similar. And so it's definitely, you can see how those energies of this season are reflected in the world, even if we don't necessarily know the reason for it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Well, and you know, gratitude is a, a really important aspect of magic and it's, we talk about gratitude and being grateful and blessing others and blessing ourselves and uh, looking for things to be grateful for in your daily life. Uh, you know, we had a whole episode about gratitude and I just, I think that it's, it's nice to recognize it and make note of it. Yeah. And it's important all year long, but we can be like very specific about our gratitude at this point in the year with the help of Jupiter and Sagittarius. And the final way to make the most of Sagittarius season, well, there's lots of ways, but the fifth way that we are going to tell you about (laughs) is to remember the bigger picture because Sagittarius is about seeking a connection to the divine, looking at the bigger picture of your place in the universe, in the world, and taking this opportunity to think about how you see the divine. So whether you experience divinity as a specific god form, an abstract concept, you call it the universe, spirit, or an extension of yourself like your higher self or your favorite self or your intuition or anything like that, figuring out what you think of when you think of the word divine. And Sagittarius energy can help you with that, can help you to figure out what you believe in and where you fit in the universe, like I said. So this is a good opportunity to just spend some time with those big questions. Like, what is my purpose in life? What happens after we die? What do I believe about morality and ethics? Is there a difference between good and evil? What do those things mean? What is the purpose of other people? How do I relate to them? All of these different questions, these big questions, Sagittarius can help us with that. Right now I'm, I'm, focused on my friend has started a new job working with me and her whole purpose in this job is to look at the big picture of the company to help the company run more smoothly. And I think that that's such a good metaphor just for life of looking at that big picture and finding out what your theme is, what is going to make your life run smoothly, what is going to help you in the long run, because we get, we get bogged down in the minutia of our daily lives. And, 
you know, our schedules and running the routines and, you know, what am I going to have for dinner and how much more, how much longer do I have to stay at work and all of these little details, which are important. But when you take that step back and say, what do I want from life? What do I want to accomplish? What do I want my legacy to be? Then we can aim those to make a metaphor for Sagittarius, aim our, our those details and that minutia toward that higher purpose. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to figure out what the purpose of life is. And so I just want to also mention that, well, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is that it's like really okay to be just mediocre. Like we don't have to be, <laughs> you <true>. know, <laughs> and, and it's okay if that's like the purpose and, and maybe I'm just, you know, accessing Sagittarius energy to tell you my beliefs, but <laughs> I think <laughs> the purpose of life can, doesn't have to be this like huge, you know, thing. It can be just to exist and to enjoy your time while you're here, you know? So don't put too much pressure on yourself when you're thinking about these things. We can't really know for sure what the answers to these questions are, but it is really good and helpful to at least think about them and to try to understand what we believe. So this season, we are celebrating goddesses from around the world. And for each goddess, she represents a theme uh, that we want you to think about throughout the week to create some sort of ritual or spell or manifest within your week. Picking from Legendary Ladies Goddess deck by Anne Shen again. I pulled a, she's a water goddess and I just feel like I should be doing a fire goddess, but. Well, maybe we need the water to balance it out. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> it's too fiery. <laughs> this week I pulled Ran. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's R-A-N. And she is a Norse goddess of the sea. Her theme is focus. You will easily attract what you want, so be careful what you wish for. Goddess of the Sea Ran gives you the ability to focus easily, and that will help you become more magnetic. So how will you invite focus into your life this week? This week, I want to really focus on spending time with the family that's coming to visit, which unfortunately is not Erica, but the other families, um, <laughs> my husband's parents and his brother and my par- our parents, Erica and my parents. So I'm really setting myself up before that to so that I can live in the moment with people visiting and, you know, not being wrapped up in other things, not be- being wrapped up in business stuff and work stuff. Yeah, my focus, what I want to focus on is family time and just being together. What about you? So mine's similar because we, it's Thanksgiving season and I, I am in charge of my family's meal and it's something that I brought upon myself and I'm very excited to do. I uh, love to cook. It's something that I inherited from my grandmother. I think Maggie also has that quality as well. I I find joy in the busy chaos of creating Thanksgiving dinner. And maybe I'm weird for it, but that's just the truth. And so I have created a 
schedule for myself to stay on top of things. I have it all planned out. I just went and bought all the, I'm such a Capricorn. I know (laughs) I've, I've, um, I went today this morning and bought all of the ingredients. I want to focus on remembering my grandmother making Thanksgiving. I want to focus on what the, the holiday is supposed to represent. I know that it has become quite problematic, but um, kind of changing the narrative for what it is and focusing on that it's about gratitude and and being with family and celebrating those ideals instead of the more prob- problematic ones. Focus on some kitchen witchery, making sure that I'm doing things deliberately and baking love into the meal and passing it on to the people I want to be with. It's a good time to focus on family and remember the memories of past Thanksgivings and how things change. So if you want to tell us what you are focusing on this week, go to witchwanderer.com and answer the question, what, how are you bringing focus into your week this week? Over the week, Erica and I will be thinking about the Eight of Wands as our card for next week's episode. And this card is really interesting. It's one of the only cards that doesn't have humans in it. But it's about rushing, it's about taking action, it's about new information and different options and opportunities. We'll be looking for things like, you know, taking quick action. Uh, We'll be looking for important messages that we receive, reevaluating certain decisions that we've made, thinking about when things are like all up in the air, all of that kind of stuff during our week. And next week we will share something about our lives that has to do with this card. And if you would like to tell us a story about the eight of wands, then send us a voicemail at we listen at talkwitchcraft.com. You can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash zero four six. Join us next week when we talk about animal spirits. And make sure that you subscribe to the show so that you're notified about each new episode when they come out. And it really helps other witches find the show if you leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Mumbles and Things. And you can join us in the Mumbles Academy to chat about this episode with other witchy folk. We just made a forum specifically for this show. And each week, anything that we talk about will be in that forum in Mumbles Academy. So make sure that you go there. And... I just wanted to shout out somebody who made my night last night. I got a comment that said, your podcasts are the best on the Mumbles and Things Instagram page. And I didn't know if I should say their handle because I don't know if they're out of the broom closet. But if you're that person, just know how much we appreciate that. It really makes us feel good to know that we're doing things that resonate with people. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Why does Airbnb have an article called Make Smudge Sticks with a Real Witch? (laughs) (laughs) Anything for content. We live in such a weird world.